Hi, friends. See what I did there? I called you a friend. We're friends now, and friends support each other. So if you could subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes, that would be supporting your friend. Let's get this podcast out there. Hello, I'm Gabrielle Scorthorn, and this is Back From Reality. When I was 17 years old, my dad smuggled me out of a school excursion so that I could line up for hours at my local Westfield to audition for the reality television show Fresh Meat, where I would be competing to be a presenter on Channel V, which sounds pretty legit. But when you're plucked from suburban obscurity and thrust into the public eye in a world of sex, drugs and rock and roll, and you're not even legal, shit goes down. What happened over the next few months shaped the rest of my life in ways that I'm still discovering today. In this series of podcasts, I will be speaking with a different guest each week from the world of reality television. These chats will cover the highs and lows of the reality TV experience, how their lives have changed as a result, and what it's like to come back from reality. I'll be honest, I was worried coming into this interview that Fiona Faulkner and I would only have one thing in common, our international modelling careers. But as we had a natter, I realised we've got a lot more in common than I thought. We've both been on reality television, we've both spent days eating less calories than someone with gastro, and our partners are both shorter than us. So please give over to the power that is Fiona Faulkner as she takes us on the journey through Biggest Loser, Champagne Loading, and every gal's best friend, a sparkling moo moo. Fiona. So before we get into today's chat, I just wanted to check in with you. The show that you are associated with is Biggest Loser Australia. Yeah. That's what we're going to be looking at in detail today. But I didn't want to just assume that because that's the show that you did, that you would necessarily be comfortable discussing your relationship with your body. Um, Are you okay discussing your body? Obviously, I'm not going to ask what your gene size or blood type is. I mean, yeah, like I'm not like going to be like, oh, this is what I weigh now and this is what I weigh then. Like, (laughs) seriously, I'm like... Okay, well, question eight's ruined. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) honestly, that I've been asked that question way too many times in my life and I'm like it's just not really a question that's worthy of like it's no one's business thank you noted and agreed um I also just want to quickly go over the structure of the show and look correct me if my knowledge is not up to scratch here (laughs) but essentially on The Biggest Loser a group of people Mm -hmm. go into a house yeah uh they live together for weeks on end and they have state-of-the-art gyms, you've got diets that you have to follow, you've got trainers with you, and the sole purpose of being there is to lose weight. Yep, as fast as possible, yeah. As fast as possible, (laughs) of course, the best way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then each week you have to go through gruelling challenges where you might win immunity, um, and then each week you get weighed in as well, and the person with who doesn't lose the highest amount of weight is kind of up for possibly going home. Yeah, and then they kind of, like, as the game, I guess, progressed, it sort of changed. Like, you started off um, in teams and then it goes down to doubles. We got a partner and then it went down to singles. I think after our season they changed the rules that if you had immunity and you gained weight, like, you lost your immunity or something like that because in my series... Is that scale gate? Yeah, like, I 100% pushed all... I was like... This is an easy win here. If I win immunity, I can just water load. And then next week, I'm at shoe-in. Like, I'm, and, and I'm like, no one seems to be getting 
how this works. Like no one else got it. And I was friends with the medic on the show and he's like, are you going to do this? Are you going to gain weight? I'm like, hell's yeah. Like I'm the, the tallest and the lightest here. Like I can't lose the percentages of these guys. Like I'm going to get voted mm. out. I am going to go up and I'm going to win every immunity I can. And I'm going to water load till I can't take any more liquid. And I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was the only contestant that gained weight a couple of times. But I was there till the end. Like it worked. We've given you a description of the game and also how you win there. <laughs> yeah. You had watched the US series of The Biggest Loser and kind of fallen in love with it and then you saw it advertised here. What drew you to it? What made you get that 12-page application down? Oh, my gosh. Well, I was I was obsessed with the American series. I was at uni, living in a house full of girls. We religiously watched the show and something in me, like I had struggled with my weight my entire life and, I, you know, done every fad diet, hadn't managed to lose weight. And in my head I was like, this is just the, the most incredible, ideal like if you went on this show you guarantee you're gonna lose weight like there's no you can't not lose weight and in my head I was like that would be the most incredible experience to be you know trained and taught and made fit and fit and healthy and all those kind of things and when the ad came up on the American series I said to my housemates like I am going to apply and they're obviously they're my friends like oh Fee you're not big enough don't be silly you don't need to do that and yeah like you like it was a book of questions that I had to answer and I downloaded it and I was like I'm too busy at uni having fun and drinking and having a good old time to bother filling them in and then my housemate one night said did you end up applying and I said oh I've got the questions upstairs there's heaps of them and she's like well we're not doing anything tonight go up and get them let's have a look and so I went and got them and over a bottle or two of wine we filled in the questionnaire together (laughs) like it was one of those things spur of the moment things you do it's a bit of a laugh you send it off and you just never imagine you get on you send off your sav blanc fuel yeah. uh 12 page application yeah. Yeah. yeah and then you get in you get through what's the prep like is i mean i imagine there would be rigorous kind of medical psychological prep yeah. before you go in um there was a medical um so i had to go to a casting day which was like i went to one casting day and that was like sort of a day of theatre sports in a hotel with heaps of other people. I was like, oh, there's no way I am going to get picked from this because there is just so many big personalities here. And it got to halfway through the day and I remember calling my parents being like, I'm halfway through the applicate, like a day of going on this show and they were like, oh, Fiona, you're so ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And and then by the end of the day, they're like, you're still here and you've got like a 50% chance of getting on the show. You need to be available these dates and... Yeah, and I yeah got on, and they you yeah I think I did like a over the phone like a psych thing and and like physical I had to go get te- checked, but I was young I was twenty four twenty five. I do ask the reality personalities that I've been chatting to what kind of personal boundaries you put in play to protect yourself. There was none because reality TV was so new. Like it was back in the day where. Social media didn't exist. Like, Big Brother had only just come out in Australia. I think it came out when I was on the show, I think. It was so new. Going on a reality show these days can be so advantageous for so many other reasons than for what the reason for going on the show was. I didn't think about that I was going on a TV show where people were actually going to be watching me. I was just like, I'm 
I've got this incredible opportunity. I'm going to lose weight. Like, this is amazing. This is the most exciting thing. Because in my head as well, I was like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to become super happy. And it's going to get rid of all my problems, all my insecurities. Everything's going to disappear once I've had a chance to go on this show. But obviously, that's not how it works. I have been in a a similar situation, third-year drama school. At third-year drama school, I think most of the female population go on a desperate bid to lose weight uh, quite quickly and dramatically. And we found that that did not lead to the most relaxed environments. It became a little hostile, maybe competitive. I was just wondering, because you have to live with these people once you are going through very intense, gruelling physical demands on your body. Yeah. I imagine you're a little bit hungry. What was that experience like for you? Look, it was really hard. It's really hard being in an environment where you know that you can't really trust what people are telling you because just things like people will be like oh fee because you'd be like oh I'm gonna go for a workout and they'd be like oh no I'm about to put a movie on here I made popcorn and like that's pretend well it probably was like sabotage like it was and I know that now but at the time I was just like oh la 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 like I won't work out I'll go watch a movie instead just like little things where someone's like oh I've made some salad do you want some for dinner and they've like put heaps of oil on it and and as well the, the thing I struggled with the most was waking up every day being in absolute terror of what the producers were going to make us do that day like we had to sort of pull trucks on 40 degree days on hot tarmac with ropes that just ripped your hands to shreds we had to lift like uh, one of the challenges was moving a ton of bricks from one end of the yard to the other once again, they had a thermometer out there. It was 44 degrees in the beating sun with, like, one of the contestants actually wet her pants during the challenge because they were just like, we're not stopping the timer, keep going. And she's like, she was a mum, and so she wet her <gasps> pants to keep going because that is how intense, I guess, the competition was. Did that ever sit strangely with you? <laughs> the thing is, I've always looked at it. The show is a show. It's an enter- It was entertainment. We signed up for a TV show. I think that's where... I guess I differ from a lot of people that I was on the show with. Like a lot of them, um, and even I did, like regained weight after the show and and there's been a lot of like negative energy back on the show, blaming the show. And it, I've, I've always had the mentality of it was a show. It gave me an incredible experience. Yeah, it was hard, but I signed up for a weight loss show. I guess I can look at it in that way though because, uh, I mean, I've, I have done... I guess, pretty well from the show, so <laughs> I guess. So with the finale, you then go home for a, a period of a few weeks? So, yeah, I was final four and then they were like, right, go home, train as, and lose as much weight as you can and come back in six weeks for the finale. And so I went home and I didn't go back to work. I literally just found a trainer. I was like, let's do this. And he was like, I, I can get... I reckon I can get another 10 kilos off you in six weeks. I was like, poof, okay. <sighs> and just trained, like like grueling training with him six days a week. And I was on very limited calories, like scary limited. Yeah, it was very hard six weeks. So it was probably almost as hard as the show. And then you come out of the show, you are now literally two-thirds of the physical person that you yeah. were before. What? Is that adjustment like? One of the hardest things I've ever experienced. Like being, I think it was like my parents were like, oh my gosh, we're so proud of you. 
And to this day, I still question that. I was like, they don't know what I went through to get to where I was. And for them to turn around and be like, oh, we're so proud. I'm like, this is what you're proud of? Weight loss? Really? Like, surely there's other things in my life I've done that make you proud. But just even the way I got treated in shops and the way people would engage with me and try and like they wanted to talk like it's the weirdest thing going from so quickly like a a much bigger girl to skinny like people are more helpful people are more friendly people smile at you the way I was treated was completely different which was very difficult because my brain hadn't caught up obviously with my body and like I I thought all my insecurities would have gone oh no they were amplified because then everyone was looking at me and everyone lots of people could recognize me and that just like brought my world like crashing down I got like severe anxiety um to the point where I really struggled to leave the house um I reverted to like my like binge eating really badly I like regained all the weight really quickly I was too too scared to leave the house to exercise I'd try and exercise at night time in the dark I was lucky though that it wasn't in the time of like paparazzi and things like that like it was before that time thank god Um, So I didn't have that side of things to deal with Mm -hmm. and social media. I didn't have that either. So the only thing I dealt with back then was there was like chat rooms about the show and there was like, I was like chat room topics and people would be like, oh, I saw her at McDonald's like, and she's so fat now (laughs) and she's so mean and just all this ridiculous stuff. But I don't know, like at 4am when you just like highly anxious and you know, you got nothing else to do and you you just read and people are like, stop going on the chat rooms and reading what people are writing about you. But you can't not. You can't not. And it really eats you up. You're like, how do they, why do they think this about me? They don't know me and they're just making up lies about me. I also noticed as well with your experience on the show is you are put into this position of authority. Uh, on the reunion, you know, um, AJ turns to you and kind of says, now you've overcome emotional eating. How did you do that? And it, it's like this end point. It's like, oh, yeah, I've solved that. Yeah, yeah. What kind of pressure mounts on you afterwards? And you were saying, you know, people know who you are. People are watching you in line at Macca's. Well, people, well, I never actually went to Macca's. I was way too scared. Like I would get people asking me in the, like looking in my shopping basket at the supermarket what she got in her shopping basket. If I was out for dinner, I used to have guys come up to me when I was out with friends at bars going, do you really think you should be drinking beer? How much do you weigh now? Yeah, I definitely was not prepared for that. And the it, the pressure mounted to a point where I literally just broke. Like a friend of mine suggested I go away to like a health retreat to just go and like just get out and away. And so I did that. And I went and they had like counselling sessions and stuff. And it was really, really good. I saw this counsellor there and she's like, whoa, you are not in a good way. And I was like, whoa, I'm not. Um, I was really depressed and highly anxious and just not, not happy. And she was like, you need to just really focus on you. You need to really look internally and start focusing on things that make you happy. Stop. And it's really easy to say, stop worrying about what other people think. But from what, from what I, like we spoke about, I just left that and just went, right, from now on, everything I do, I'm doing because it makes me feel good, makes me feel happy. And that was in terms of everything, in terms of the way I was training. So I was like so used to just beating myself up with training, like 
going as hard as I could till I dropped was how I was taught to train on the show. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like go for walks, go for walks to the beach and meditate because the ocean, something about it makes me feel good. So I just started doing that and I, you know, stopped reading all the stuff. I stopped going out as much. I'd, I'd gone into this zone of like going out and drinking a lot as well to try and mask how I was feeling. You know, I was spiraling down that kind of avenue. And yeah, so I just, yeah, just everything in my life was like, what make being around my family my I started spending a lot more time with my sister and her kids and you know going there on the weekends and hanging out with my nieces and nephews which really just grounded me and just made me feel a lot better and focused on my happiness and took the pressure off of like focusing that I have to be skinny I have to be a certain way to be accepted you know even though I did go on a weight loss show and it's and you know it's one of those things that you just uh, forever I will always be have something to do with my weight related around a lot of people's opinions of me but I've gotten to a position point now where I'm like oh, I'm just I am who I am and you know I'm curvy and and I have pretty much always been and except for a very short period of time after the show um and that's okay and I guess I'm lucky as well because post-show I end up making a great you know avenue for myself being a plus size model so it actually had a silver lining and sorry to to backtrack slightly you went on dancing with the stars as well yeah another grueling experience oh that was in all honesty that was the funniest thing because I I got on and I was like I said to my agent I don't really know how to dance and he's like oh, you can't be that bad, surely. And I was like, oh, I mean, give me a few drinks on the dance floor. I'm not too bad. He's like, you'll be fine. He's like, just don't gain any weight. They don't want you to gain any weight. And when they shot the preview, the like the opening of the show, they flew us every down to Melbourne to shoot it. And it was all the contestants, all the couples. And they put me in a muumuu, like a sparkly muumuu, because it was they thought that I was going to lose even more weight and so they filmed this ad and I was wearing like a moo-moo. And then when the show started, they because exp- I then went back to Sydney to keep training and they thought like 10 weeks of dance training, I was going to lose heaps more weight. But they didn't realise like I had to do the show. I had left Melbourne where that was my, where my friends were, my, most of my family were, my gym, my trainer, and I moved to Sydney. And that's where it all kind of like started to spiral because I didn't have my support network and the stress of doing dancing was so stressful and so like I went like had started binge eating and I started gaining weight in Sydney before like during the show it was just goodness it was just really hard it was so stressful it was more stressful than Biggest Loser like it doesn't didn't matter how hard I trained (laughs) I just couldn't learn the routines. Like, I just couldn't get it. And I, thank God, was the first one voted out. Well, I guess, too, with, like, Biggest Loser, it's really, um, it's very straightforward. They're very open. It's like, yep, you're here to lose weight. But on Dancing with the Stars, now that you say that, there is this kind of other narrative to the show that they, they have really pushed forward with a lot of female contestants of this further journey of 
of weight loss, you know, yeah. and, and the outfits kind of get tailored as it goes yeah. on. Did that just shit you off when you realised, oh, gosh, it's that as well? Well, it just at that time, though, I was like I'd come straight off Loser. It was only like probably five or six months after Loser. So, I mean, I was just in this world of like shock anyway so it was just kind of like normal for people to just be talking about my weight and what I should weigh and 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 that kind of thing so I was just like oh god extra added pressure like my self-confidence was like still all-time low like could not dance in front of the mirror you know how dance studios have got mirrors like I just couldn't deal with like watching seeing myself dancing I was just mortified (laughs) I mean I mean I still don't really like to see myself dancing (laughs) in my the reflection but yeah, it was just amplified. And I'm quite a shy, introverted person, I've realised. And so that for me was so difficult to go out there and perform. Like that is not who I am at all. Like I would much rather be behind the scenes of that kind of thing than being the one in the limelight. Like before going out the first episode, I was in the green room and I literally went green. And they're like, Fiona, you're up. And I was like, I can't go out, I can't go out. And they're like, give her more champagne. Do you have some drinks before you headed out? Oh, yeah. Like, so after the first episode, on the second episode, I realised, like, I need Dutch courage. So I went and bought, like, little bottles of vodka. And Chris Hemsworth was actually on my series. And he was, like, one of my good mates. And I would go around to, like, everyone's dressing room and be like, hey, like, I've got, like, little, let's do, let's do little <laughs> shots before we go out. So Fiona's brought the party. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I was like, I can't be the only one that has a couple of drinks, like enough to get me a bit tipsy. But it helped. It actually helped because it just took that anxiety level down. Oh, my gosh, everyone's going to think I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I love it. Water loading on Biggest Loser, champagne loading on Dancing (laughs) with the Stars. Yes. A vital strategy. Yes. I noticed on the Dancing with the Stars journey there was some criticism about, oh, you've got to be more sexy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you go into modelling, an industry also known for the feedback of be a bit more sexy. How is that transition? Well, I actually end up studying makeup and becoming a makeup artist and then through makeup is sort of how I fell into modeling a photographer was like yeah I was like can I do some makeup for some some models for you we'll do a shoot together he was like okay but I want to use you as a model I was like please and then I don't know through that then it was like I got an I got an agent and she was like I'll have you working within eight months full-time as a model and I was like I really don't think that's going to happen and it did and then I was it was crazy. Like I was working a lot in Australia and then I, I hit 30, which seems so old as a model, but as a plus size model, it's not that, I guess it's not that old. And I hit 30 and I was like, you know what? I, I've literally worked for every plus size company in Australia. I want to go overseas. I want to go to London. Like my sisters have lived in London and and I thought as well, if I go to London, it will be a telling sign. Because I wasn't sure if I'd gotten all the work in Australia because I had like, a, like I guess, a little bit of a profile. So mm-hmm. I was like, it'll be interesting to see if I actually am good at modelling or, you know, because over there I'm like tiny fish in a massive pond. But I got over there and I, I worked really well and I, I ended up being made the face of a company, um, Yours Clothing. I was their ambassador for six months and... Yeah, it was amazing. And then after my year in London, I was like, I want to go to New York. <laughs> and so I, because all my friends had gone over to New York, so I moved over there. And with modelling, I guess 
I had to become comfortable in my own skin really quickly. And I guess it's allowed me to accept myself a lot better because, you know, in the beginning you go on a shoot and they, oh, you know, there's, there's 20 people in the room or 12 to 20 people in the room, like all staring at you, half of them are men. And they're like, oh, here's the lingerie. And it's like a G string and a bra. And you just have to be confident and walk around and shoot in that. And in the beginning, it was so hard. Like, yeah, walking into a room in your underwear. But I guess now, I, I, I don't know if I would be confident, confident walking into a room of normal people in my underwear. Like, I feel like I wouldn't be. But because it's my job, I just switch into job mode and I can do it. And then the show asks you to, to screen test for the host. I know. I know. Hilarious. I was in New York and I literally was just like, I was working in New York, but New York's like a really tough market for modelling. And I was getting by, but like I wasn't like killing it like I was in London. So I was kind of questioning why I left London for New York but then I got this call from my agent it was like oh um yeah Biggest Loser want you to do a screen test to be the host and I actually it was when I got the call when I was back in Australia for a shoot and I was getting on a flight from Sydney to Melbourne and and my initial response was no way because I just thought there's no way I could host a tv show like no way and then on the flight I just was like oh my gosh you know you've You've, you've had a crack at some crazy things in your life. The worst that can happen is you don't get it. Like at least give it a go, see what happens. You probably won't get it. Like that's always in my head. I'm like, probably won't happen. And so I, I did it, but I, um, I can't really learn scripts. I'm not very good. I've got like a memory that can't hold short, a lot of short-term information. So I was like, how am I going to solve that problem so I was told that you can have someone in your ear helping you with lines. And so I basically recorded the whole of like a season of Biggest Loser on my phone and, and basically everything that AJ said and then played it in my ears like as a recording and spoke over the top of what she was saying. So I taught myself to be able to like talk over the top of someone <laughs> While you're filming? Yeah, yeah. So, so you've got Yeah, in so your I mean ear. obviously like if there's a chunk of information of of like a challenge or something, like a big decent chunk of information, then I would have someone reading it in my ear and I read over the top of them. I mean that's a skill in itself. Well, apparently only two other hosts that one of my producers worked with could do it. Like Naomi Campbell's one of them, and then one of the Master Chef hosts can do it. But it was helpful in the sense that, like, my script producer got to the point where she didn't even need to give me scripts. And if it was, like, a last-minute thing and we needed to get it done quickly, I could just bang it out. But then, obviously, when, like, when I rolled in and I, like, I would click in and start talking when it wasn't, like, a scripted piece of information. So that kind of solved that problem. Were you daunted by, again, stepping into that authoritative role? Yeah, it was definitely, like, I was really, I was really excited about that opportunity. I was like, this is, this is incredible. I guess for me, in my head, I was like, this is like the pinnacle of my career, I guess. But as well, I was really it was really daunting because I know what AJ went through when she was hosting the show. Like she gained weight when she was hosting the show and 
and there was a whole thing like she said that the trainers were really mean to her and there was a lot of backlash and that was my biggest fear when I was hosting was what happens if I gain weight like I actually said to the producers like there's got to be time for me to train and I need to make sure that like there's like healthy food and like I have to be you know, I don't want any lollies in my green room. I don't want any cake. I don't want, like, just don't have it around me. I'm fine if it's not there. But there was so much pressure not to. And I guess I was really, I was so conscious of it. And I worked so hard at trying to not gain weight. But it's really hard. Like, I, like I didn't go to, on weekends, I wouldn't go, I did nothing except train, eat and sleep and just be really good to myself because... I mean, we didn't shoot for that long of a time, but it was really exhausting. Like, they're long days of filming and, you know, when you're tired, you just want to, like, it's, like, 10 o'clock at night and they're like, okay, you know, and you've been up doing it since, like, 4 a.m. You're like, oh, my gosh, Mm. okay. And people are handing around bags of lollies and you just have to be so strong. Like, no, I can't. If I look at a lolly, I gain weight, so. Did you feel scared for um, some of the contestants going in? Because you know what this experience is about to be. Did you feel protective? I guess the contestants had a lot more of an understanding about what they're in for. But I tried whenever I had time to talk to them, whenever I was around them, I just wanted to, like, talk to them about when they left the show. I was trying to explain to them, you know, when you leave the show, don't just, like, stop training because, you know, you've worked so hard, but just kind of ease back and just focus on just being really healthy and don't put too much pressure on yourself And because the challenge is when you get home. And I just didn't want them to go through what I went through because it was a really rough time. And so, yeah, whenever I got the chance to talk to them, it was mainly just trying to give them advice on when they got home so they didn't, like, completely, like, fall apart, which I did. And one of your bits of advice was don't focus on the scales. Yeah, and it still is. And I think did one of the trainers pick you up on that? There was a there was a disagreement with you and a trainer. Yeah, so basically we're on set and I they'd brought all the contestants back and one of the one of the girls was saying how she um, had left the show and was really struggling to lose weight um, after she left and and one of the trainers said had told her, you know, just stop weighing yourself because she was weighing herself morning and night and just, you know, if there was a negative, if there was a bad number, like a, a plus, she would just, you know, beat herself up and have so much negativity and probably fell off the wagon with her eating and stuff because when you feel like rubbish, you just, that's what you do. You just go and eat something because you just feel so crap. So mm. um, when her trainer told her to throw the, um, the scales out and just focus on food and moving her body the way they'd spoken about and just focus on how she felt she started seeing results and I was like that's like I piped up at being the host and said you know that's incredible because that's exactly the mentality I have like it's about you know if for me if training was about weight loss like I would have thrown the towel in a long time ago because I don't necessarily lose a lot of weight through my training but I train because it makes me feel good like it makes my headspace stay in the positive lane you know it's that kind of thing and then yeah one of the trainers then piped up and said well you know this is a weight loss show and you know you regained all the weight so I I don't think that you are an authority to speak on this like it's ridiculous we need there needs to be accountability you need to weigh yourself and I was just like well I just don't think you understand what the scales that have the psychological effect they have on a female 
because you're a male and obviously I know from personal experience it does affect you and anyway we had a bit of a disagreement we're fine now but (laughs) yeah we kind of banged heads yes I I I 100% agree with you I do think scales have a, a huge psychological effect on on women in particular uh because women are scientifically proven to focus more on a mistake or a negative Mm -hmm. and so do you think with a show like biggest loser where the scales are such a fundamental part of that show do you think that there is psychological damage associated with the contestants i think just being on a show in general especially when it's a weight loss show when weight has been obviously a massive issue for for all of the contestants when you come off the show it is a big struggle because you've obviously highlighted something that was so personal and so something that was causing you obviously a lot of pain and trauma and Mm. you know and and it's like it's a battle and you know you may have kind of won the battle on the show but when you come off the show it's still it's never it's not like it's a quick fix which I feel like a lot of people when they come off the show they're like and I had that moment I was like I'm fixed like I'm I'm skinny job done (laughs) you Mm. know which it's it's not like it's a it's got to keep going and it's never ending like the second you take your finger off the pulse you gain weight like I mean, if you've ever struggled with your weight you will battle your weight your whole life unless you have like surgery or something on the show I felt that there was a metaphor that they would constantly go back to of the cocoon opening and the butterfly emerging so as the journey develops you get makeovers there's more hair and makeup you've got better fitting clothes and the language starts to become you will now be fighting the boys off with a stick and it seems to me that they reinstate this narrative of when you are thinner you are finally lovable did you feel that at all oh a hundred percent it's like it was like my parents saying we're now proud of you I mean for me I think in particular I was sort of young and and they were like oh you know she's gonna have a great reveal but yeah it I mean I guess it was really um, difficult to understand that because I was like, what's wrong with me as a person? Like, why is it all based on my aesthetic, like the way I look on the outside? Like, and that was something I really struggled with when I came off the show was, you know, I did, like they said, I did have a lot of boys interested in me post the show. But the when that happened... I was like so confused like it, I really battled with it because I was like do you actually like me for me as a person or do you like me because I've been on the show or do you like me because I've lost weight like and it, mm. I really struggled with it and and even like people that were coming into my life like friends and and things post the show and a lot of them were bad influences people that just kind of like latched on to me after the show and you know were my party buddies and and that kind of thing but yeah like I just I was it really was so confusing at the time to not to be like not not like I was like what was wrong with me before like I'm still the person I was before why are all these people interested in me now what was wrong with me back then and it really just made me really angry I guess because I'm more than just the what I look like. I'm more than my weight. But that's all that anyone seemed to care about. 
I read this beautiful short story and I'm going to have to, I will try and find the link and send it to you, but it was about this woman who went through dramatic weight loss and um, she starts a relationship with someone and she is constantly paranoid that because this person only knew her as presenting skinny, mm-hmm. maybe the love wouldn't have been there if she presented another way. And, and um, one of the lines in the story, she says to him, oh, like, if you love me now, you should have met me before because I was fucking fabulous before. I wasn't <laughs> hungry and scattered all the time. Yeah. I was really funny. and yeah. And so I guess... My kind of final question to you is if you think of your life kind of before and after Mm. reality television, are you happier with the person that you have become or are there things that you regret and you wish that you still had from before? Overall as an experience, if you had have asked me a year or two post the show, was I, would I ever go, like, would I ever do it again? I would have bluntly, no way. But if you ask me that question now, 100% I would have done it, like, I, you know, the the person I've become now, that, you know, I've gone through some really tough times, but I've come through and I've, I live my life now without any kind of fear of what people think of me. I, you know, I, I decided to live my truth. I'm engaged to my fiance and she is the most beautiful human in the world. And, you know, for me, life just boils, like I, you know, for ages it was, you know, worrying about what people would think about my sexuality, um, so many, you know, and then I was like, I was in South America and having like a moment and realised, you know, I live my life now focusing on my happiness and she makes me happy. And so, yeah, that it's the, the person I am now, I just focus on happiness and family and being kind to myself and, and, Along the way, I'm trying to help other women feel better about themselves, learn to be kinder to themselves because we are all our own worst enemies. And I guess what I've experienced, like things that I do now, I hope in some way that telling my story or doing the things I do, writing, I do a bit of writing and stuff, that someone will read it and maybe feel like a little bit better about themselves, you know, because uh, we're all our worst you know, critics and we shouldn't be, you know, we could, because mm. our, our bodies are with us forever. This is my mentality. I'm like, I now look at my body as my best friend because this is going to be with me every step of the way of my entire life. And I want to treat it like my best friend because, you know, you'd never talk badly or say the things that you think about yourself to your best friend. So why would you say it to yourself when, it's just say loving things to yourself. Treat yourself kindly because it's going to be with you forever. Yeah, I mean, how awful is it when you have beef with someone? You know, like if you're at a party and it's like there's that one person in the room, you're like, oh, I've got beef with them. It's like if you've got beef with your body, you are going to be awkward. You know, every room you step into. But so many women have so much beef with their bodies, like every day, every time and they look in the mirror, every time they get dressed in the morning, like... Uh, like it's awful and it I just I just yeah I just try and help women learn to yeah love and accept themselves you know and stop comparing because everyone is different everybody is different and everybody is beautiful every single one 
that's a wrap on our chat with the B-O-S-S that is Fiona Faulkner. I am so on board with Fiona's mission to try to ease the insurmountable pressure that women put on themselves and their bodies. Women's bodies aren't public property. And if you're asking a woman how much she weighs, maybe you should actually be asking yourself if you're a bit of a tool, because the answer's yes. This podcast was produced by Hugo Chiarella for Unlikely Productions. The dulcet melody that you are listening to right now was crafted by Robert Tripolino. If you reckon this podcast is a bit of all right, please tell your mates, post about the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes to help other people find the show. Come on, get a girl out there. You can also follow me at Gjoska on Instagram. Yeah, I know, that's G-J-O-S-C-A. Not my best, not my worst. You could also follow me at ScorthorneGab on Twitter. It's my name, but backwards. Hey, we should do this again sometime. <laughs>